Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today, um, I'm going to be closing up this series I've been doing on the Bible, only because it's been going on for like five weeks now. And every time I study this, I actually could probably go on for longer because I'm just totally, I mean, I knew this, but as I've been studying it more and more, I'm just realizing how much we actually don't know about this book that we call the Bible and what it's all about. And I, I think most people, a lot of, I'm not, maybe not you guys, but a lot of, a lot of people who believe in Jesus, who would maybe call themselves Christians, have no idea actually how to approach this book. They've just got no idea. They want to. I mean, everybody wants to. And everybody's like, well, I know there's something important about this book. And uh, we pick it up in the mornings or in the afternoons or before we go to sleep um, because we know that we're supposed to. But in terms of approach, well, it's a little bit nerve-wracking because we really don't know how to approach it. And uh, I've been making jokes about it over the last um, couple of weeks. I'm kind of making these jokes about it because who's, who's opened the Bible to something that's absolutely crazy? Who's, who's ever opened the Bible to something you just don't understand? And uh, it, it kind of gives you this response, you know. Some, for some of us, we're like, we suddenly feel guilty. Who's, who's opened the Bible and... Uh, <laughs> read something that's made you feel really bad. Well, let's be honest. You opened it to make you feel good and it made you feel bad and you're like, what the, I didn't want that. I want to feel good. Give me something else, God, you know. And uh, that, that is because, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this, is because we're probably approaching the Bible in an incorrect manner to actually how it was written to be approached. Um, and uh, it's important to get it right because if you don't get it right, well, this is actually a really dangerous book. Um, you know, I've had, in a, I haven't had it happen here, but there was, a, there was a, an association, one from Australia, in Australia, that would go around and knock on people's doors and they knew some parts of the Bible. And basically what they had done is they had pick, picked and chosen parts of the Bible, but left out other parts in order to create their own doctrine. Okay? Now, I got pretty confused one day when this person came to my door and started quoting scripture to me. Um, and I just didn't know how to take it. And I got that guilty feeling. I'm like, I should know better than this, but I just don't. This person's got me. And I stood there, and I'm like, dumb, a li little bit dumbfounded, like at what they had said to me about, you know, end times and all of these sorts of things. And I, I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to this. And I had to go back, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, you know. And, and see, this book is dangerous if you don't approach it correctly. You can, you can actually start whole, if anybody here wants to start a cult, just joking. Just, 
pick out some of this stuff and I'm telling you, 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 you you'll be able to control people. And uh, for centuries it's been done. Ever since Christ came, it's been done. Even before Christ came, there has been people who pick out Scripture and, uh, and they make up their own thing. They're like, okay, we can pick this and pick that. That'll control them. And, uh, and, uh, but that's not what God... God, God, God didn't even uh, create this to control us. He, he didn't make this book to, to, to turn us into kind of these robotic beings that just follow everything that is put in here. That's not what this book is about. We do obey this book and we do submit to it. But when you read like Psalms, who's read Psalms? Who's read the book of Psalms? I'm just kind of, I mean, you open up to Psalms, right? And you're like, God, I just need some comfort. Okay, Psalms. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. You're reading on, you're reading on, you're reading on, you're reading on. This is good, this is good. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof, which withers before it can grow. A reaper cannot fill his hands with it, nor one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say to them, the blessing of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And there's other parts where it just, where you, like you see David, the, the psalmist, he wrote most of them, where he's doing cartwheels of praise. You know what I'm saying? Like you can imagine him just in a room, in his loincloth, you know how he, just doing cartwheels, just being totally inappropriate before the Lord, you know? And there's other moments where he's like, God, where are you? And what are you doing? And... Like, where have you gone? You've forsaken me. I'm all alone here. And it's amazing because we go, hold on a second. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that because, well, I just want, I just want a positive kind of word. I, I, I don't want to see a human in this book. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't want to see someone who's struggling like me because what do I do with that? And this is the thing about the Bible. The Bible is actually, it's a book written by God. It, it's, it's, it's a living word, but it's, it's a book for humans. You're going to see every emotion you ever feel in this book. You're going to see every struggle you ever struggle with in this book. You're going to see every bit of pain that you ever have in your life in this book. You're going to see through the stories yourself. And, and it's going to be really uncomfortable. And then comes Jesus who didn't sin, who lived this life and didn't sin. And there's all of, this, there's all of these stories about Him. What I, what I kind of want to talk about today is how we as believers and followers of this book must approach this book as meditation. Now, I'm just going to talk about that word for a second, meditation, because... When I say that word meditation, I'm sure something comes to your mind that may be different to what I'm talking about, okay? The, the meditative approach to the Bible may be different to the kind of meditation that you've done in your lifetime so far, okay? Let's just, let's, I mean, basically, the, in a nutshell, it is to meditate on this and this alone, the Word of God, Okay? 
And how do you do that? What is that about? How do you meditate on the Bible? Do I need to, you know, hold it, put it on my head, fold my legs and just receive it? How do I meditate on the Bible? No, that is not how we meditate on the Bible. But see, to meditate on the Bible, you've got to understand a few things. When the Bible was first conceived, Scripture, it was actually spoken. Um, it was spoken. It was, it was something that you received by hearing. Okay? It's something that you heard. It was something that um, they only started writing it down, like the Old Testament, like many years on. Before that, it was passed on, like in, in orative form, it was passed on. And the cool thing about that is, is that would, they would go to a lot of effort to make sure they have every detail correct and every, every, everything um, in order. They went to a lot of effort to make sure. And, and what they would do is they would bring it into every generation in their present moment. The problem, the problem that we have with the Bible today, as we know it, is that it's, it's kind of fixed. It's just sort of stuck in here. So, and this presents a problem for us sometimes, especially for those who may not be the kind of learner that reads things and learns. Um, we have, you know, people today who have stuff like ADD. What are we talking about? Hands up. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, we have people who have things like, um, uh, what's it called? Dyslexia or listexia. So you read the pages, okay, and you're like, I can't even understand this. And, and, or, or, or we just might have a really, really short attention span because we have trained our brain to, uh, well, our, our brains have been trained by the likes of s social media to every, like, just bored, 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 bored. Oh, okay, bored, bored, bored. Oh, okay, bored, bored. Oh, like, and, and you know, that, I'm telling you, if you're doing that all the time, I'm not against it, and I, I know we all struggle with it, but, like, I'm telling you something, you need to be careful of your brain. You need to take care of it because these things have been designed. I know you know this, um, but these things have been designed to keep you, and they work on the same principles as like uh, addictions work on, uh, like whereas it's like actually it's, um, it's like give them a little bit more sugar, give them a little bit more sugar, give them a little bit more sugar, give them, and, and before you know it, your brain has been fixed on this kind of way, and then you come to the Bible and you're like, oh man, I can't even concentrate, and what, what, what does that bring? Guilt. We, we feel guilty. We feel bad. We feel, oh, I'm not worthy. I, 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 and it brings about this... We have to understand something about the Bible. It wasn't actually... See, see Jesus... Let me, let me make this point. Jesus, he didn't write any scripture. Okay, you understand this? When Jesus came and he taught, he just taught. He spoke in parables. He taught everyone. It was the disciples who wrote it down so that it could be passed on. But the, the, it, it's good, but the problem with, is it, with it is it got stuck there. It's our job, okay, here's my point, it's our job to bring it into the now. How do we do that? How do we bring this Bible that is on these pages and bring it into our world? Meditation. Meditation. Now, it's different to the world. And I, I just want to um, read a quote to you. 
because I think it's important to help you understand what I'm, the point I'm getting at. It's on a book in my uh, Kindle on my phone by a guy called Eugene Peterson. It's a book I've been reading, um, which is called um, Eat This Book, A Conversation on um, Spiritual Reading. It's all about the Bible. It's a great book if you want to read it. Um, because, and the reason I'm reading this quote is, is for this, is that I've, I've seen it with meditation, that it's a bit of a badge that people wear. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's like, I meditate, you know, I do this. It's a, it's a badge of honor. It's like, well, I, I do it for this long, and I, 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 um, I'm this good at it, and I can do this and that, and, uh, you know, you should see me. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm a big deal in Japan. It's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like this thing. It's like, okay, good for you, man. Like, amazing. I'm, gra- I'm glad you're on, some, on something. And it's like, that's, that's not, this is, see, when we, when we come to this meditative approach to the Bible, and getting scripture from here in this book into our hearts and into us and a part of us. Um, we don't do that to um, get a tick from God. We've already got the tick from God. He did that on the cross. He died for you already. Okay, you, so, so because, you know, it's, uh, it would be a mistake to, to say, you know, oh, you know, I do this much of the Bible and that's not how it works. And... Let me, let me read this quote to you, and it's going to kind of explain to you what I'm trying to get at. Contemplation means submitting to the biblical revelation, taking it in within ourselves, and then living it unpretentiously, without fanfare. It doesn't mean, and these are the stereotyped misunderstandings. Okay, you ready? It doesn't mean quiet, withdrawn, secluded, serene, or benign. These are all the kind of the approaches when we talk about meditation that we kind of like, you know, it's got to be all of these, it's, everything's got to be right, right? It's got to be, you know, it's got to be all right. Well, it, it, it has nothing to do with whether we spend our days as a grease monkey, monkey, you know what a grease monkey is? It's a mechanic, person who fixes cars. It's a Western uh, term if you didn't understand that. Grease monkey is a person who fixes cars because they get covered in grease. You get it? You got it? Okay. Okay, it has nothing to do with whether we spend our days as a grease monkey, monkey under an automob- automobile or on our knees in a Benedictine choir. Benedictine choir would be monks, right? Monks. It doesn't mean having it all together. It doesn't mean being emotionally and mentally well balanced. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Isn't that good? Anybody here... Emotionally unbalanced? Okay. I'm not sure. Sometimes. (laughs) Contemplatives or meditators, they fly off the handle, make bad judgments, speak out mistakenly, and regret their words, run stoplights, and get speeding tickets. Contemplatives get depressed, get confused, get fat, get lost. And sometimes don't get it at all. Contemplative is is not a term of achievement. It is not a badge of merit. It is a designation that any of us can accept for ourselves. And one that we all should. We will never read and live the Bible if we don't. 
if it makes us better to attach the adjective failed. I have no objection. Failed contemplative, contemplative or failed meditator. All on contemplatives, I can't say that word, are failed contemplatives. But the word itself, whether as an adjective or noun, stands. Contemplative. contemplative. They're crying out loud. The point is this. We don't, preach the, we don't approach the Bible for a badge of honor. We don't. There is no badge of honor for approaching the Bible. You, you, you'll be looking for someone to pat you on the back, and maybe someone will, but it won't do what you're hoping it will do. It won't bring you peace, it won't bring you joy, it won't bring you anything. The point is, is to get this book into your situation, into your life, the real you, into the real person that you are, into your real struggles. Get it into there and let it sit. Let it germinate. Let it irritate. And it will irritate. It will. It will be hard. It will be difficult. It will bring about different things than we thought that we would have to think about. As you read the Bible, there will be moments when you'll just be like, I, I don't even know if I agree with that. And, and the problem has come now in, in a lot of colleges, Bible colleges and seminaries, what universities for, for the trained pastors and, and people for ministry and all of that sort of stuff. They have this thing called critical theology, okay, where they approach the Bible um, with their, basically they've separated the secular, the human life, the normal life of you know, the stuff of life, and they, they, they treat that as different to the world of the Bible. And there's this separation. Now, now what happens is, is they um, interpret the Bible according to being human. And then they go to the Bible. So the humans first. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's me first, then the Bible. All right? Now, this is really subtle for us as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. This can be really subtle. It can be all about how I'm feeling, about her I want, how my desires and everything that I need and all of these sorts of things. It is me, me, me. And then it's the Bible. And so now there is the, 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 the words, when you read any books by, by these kind of theologians who have been trained in that way, you read it and it's just an intellectual kind of discussion. Some maybes and would-bes and could-bes. The way that, that we, uh, 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 this Bible has been written to approach is actually the Bible, then you. When, now, when I'm talking about meditation on the Bible, that's what I'm talking about. It's the Bible first. It's the words of God, then you. So it's, it's, not, it's not, well, I'm not sure if I believe in that. I'm not sure if, if that's correct for me. Well, I'm not sure if that, I want to take that and I want to, I, you know, and we, we can, very subtly we can treat the Bible like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I, I, when I'm saying this, I know that I have approached the Bible like this, where I'm like, oh, I don't know. That's a bit harsh, Jesus. Oh, James, that's a bit rude. Oh, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about this. And we kind of just push off. And, and it's almost like if we could, we would kind of rip out some pages in the Bible because we're just uncomfortable with it. But that's not how God meant it to be. We are meant to go into the world of the Bible first and bring it into our lives. That's the only way it works. And this is, this is like, this is, a, this is how it is actually the walk with, this is why a lot of people miss what we're doing here as a church. Because we all come as human beings with our needs. Who's got needs? Who's got desires? Who's got wants? <laughs> and the, 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 the mistake we make is we hope that religion will sort us out for everything that we want. And, uh, you know, I can make a lot of money doing this. I can make a lot of money. Let me tell you something. I can make a lot of money. I tell you stuff because I know you need it. Just tell you what you want. And I say, but to go a little further, to get that extra favor, well, you've got to do this and that. And well, unfortunately, it just costs a little bit of money. <laughs> you see me, Maybachin down the road. Because I, I'd just be like, people be like, yeah, count me in. That's the answer. That's the silver bullet. That's, that's the thing that I need. So people come in looking for that silver bullet. And they come in for a little while and they look around and go, I, I just don't get those why they're so full on about Jesus. Because it's just like, well, you go so far, but then you have to serve. Then, then they, they ask you to serve in their church. And then like you've got to read this Bible. And it's, it's like going to take a whole lifetime to understand it. I mean, I tried to read... I tried to read the Bible. I opened to this book of Leviticus, Leviticus or Numbers. I read this book, Numbers, and it's just Numbers. It's literally this person begot that person. I don't get it. I mean, the worship's good. It's good for a little while. That white guy who preaches, he's all right, you know. I don't get it. Because they're coming with this approach that I need my needs met first, and then let's see how we go. That's not how the faith works. And this is like the, 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 this is the, the, Jesus said that the gospel will, will be a stumbling block to some. It will like, they'll be like walking along, they'll trip over because they weren't expecting it to be like that. <laughs> our approach to the Bible is like our approach to this faith that we live. It's us submitting to God's designs for us. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know your needs. But you think they're needs. You think they're important. But I'm going to teach you about what's important. And I'm going to fulfill you for your needs along the way. And some of you didn't hear that. You think your needs are important. I'm going to fulfill your needs. We're going to teach you what's actually important. And, and, and what we find with Christ is he begins to shift us 
We begin to see the world in a different way. He fills us with his, with his spirit and we see those, the world in a different way. We begin to react differently to things. We begin to do things differently. But, 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 and it changes everything. But it's, it, it, it starts with understanding this fact that it's all connected here to this Bible. And we must approach it meditatively. We must approach it where we get the words of this Bible from here into our hearts, into our hearts. How do we do that? Understanding that it's about the Bible speaking to your heart, not you trying to get from the Bible what you need. It's allowing the Bible to change you. It's being bold enough, but beware. Beware. This will change you. It will scare you. There should be a, a warning sticker, I think, on Bibles. It just says, beware, this book is dangerous. Hey, you remember that, that movie, Jumanji? Yeah. You know, the warning just before they play it, and they're like, no, nah, no, whatever. And then they, 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 they start playing the game, and then they realize that there's this entire world that they do not understand connected to that game, to that board game. The Bible is just like that. It's like jumping into this world and you're standing and you're like, well, what's this about? I wasn't expecting this. And oftentimes we just jump straight on out because we don't understand it. But you've got to understand, to understand it is going to take a lifetime of meditation. Coming to the Word, letting the Word speak to you, However it comes, and it will come in different forms, in different ways. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16. Actually, no, go to Hebrews 4, chapter 12, sorry. Hebrews 4, chapter 12. It says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, dividing, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, this is... <laughs> okay, let's talk about... Let's keep that up. Let's talk about, for the Word of God is alive. What does that mean? You know, uh, one of the marvels of modern medicine, modern-day medicine is is this idea of a heart transplant or a liver transplant or kidney transplant, that they can swap out these organs for human beings is really quite something if you think about it. Um, but just go with me on this analogy. It's a little bit yucky. But could you imagine someone's kidney gets removed and it's going from hospital to hospital. And it's in that esky. You know, they carry them in an esky. It's so gross. Anyway, you know what an esky is? It's an Australian word, I just realized. Cooler, a cooler, a cold box. An esky. We call them eskies in Australia. It's a brand. E S K I, esky. And it's a brand of those cold boxes. Anyway. They carry it from, but along the way, someone says, listen, I just want a little piece of that uh, liver. If 
for myself. You know, can I just cut some off? Now, the person carrying it is going to say, yeah, no, of course not. Why? Because it's a living thing. You can't cut up a living thing. You can't dissect it. If you do that, it kills it. Do you understand? Um, the Bible's like that. Now, go with me on this point, okay? The Bible has been numbered. So, you know, you've got Psalm 129, verse 2. I'm not saying put it up. Just, or you can make references to it. Now, the Bible, when it was written, when they wrote it down, when they put it, they didn't have numbers. That's a, there was a few hundred, few hundred years ago, quite a few hundred years ago, that they actually decided, well, why don't we put references so that we can make... We can, but the problem with it is, is, is this, is that we think that we can dissect it, but it's alive. You dissect it, it kills it. Okay? You can't dissect it. So this is, this is the other part of, 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 of the meditative Christian, the person who approaches the Bible correctly understands that you cannot just pick and choose what you want out of the Bible. That would be to kill it. That would be to remove it of its power, remove it of its life. It is alive. It is connected. I mean, could you imagine, Sam, if I came to you and I said, Sam, I really want to hang out with you, man. Can I just have your finger? <laughs> You'd be like, Shh, no. You cannot have my finger. I'm like, come on, man, I'll, I'll, I'll sew it back on for you. You know, I'll pay for the best surgeon in town. I just want to hang out with you, man. I just want a piece of you. I don't want all of you because I don't know how to take all of you. But you get my point. Why wouldn't I do that to Sam? Well, he's a living being. And we, we think we can do this with the Bible, but it's not possible. And, and it, is, it is actually a, uh, it's a problem with the Bible today. See, you've come today, and I'm going to pick and choose some references from here and there and everywhere, but that's not the correct way to read the Bible. And, and I just want to pick out some things so that you can see it, but my heart is, my hope is that you would go home from here and begin to understand this is a living document. It's alive. It is not dead. And why is that important? Well, it's important because... When we begin to meditate on Scripture, we begin to look how it is alive and how it is connected. You know, how is the finger connected to the toe? How is the book of Psalms connected to this Jesus Christ who came and walked? How is the book of Isaiah connected to Christ? How is the book of Isaiah connected to the book of Psalms? How is Genesis connected to Revelation? I'm just naming off all the books of the Bible. That's our job to discover. Jesus has actually left it up to us. You know, uh, there's this great scripture, I haven't got the reference to it, that says it is, it is the joy of kings to discover wisdom. And, and it's, it, God has left it up to you to discover Him, His living Word, His living Word that's alive. But we must understand it's all connected. We must approach it as all connected. Because it is. The third thing about the meditative person is 
they must understand that every person that has contributed and been a, um, used by the Holy Spirit to write scripture, there's lots of different people that God used to compile this book. Every one of them um, was a real person. Um, there was one or two that were recluses, maybe some of the prophets that would kind of go and live by themselves. But the rest of the people who, who, who wrote this, who taught this, were actually like real, um, authentic. You could actually see how they lived. Okay? You could, you could see they lived their lives as a part of a community. This is important. Because I think in our culture that we live in, this, um, any holy kind of uh, scripture that would be presented um, as, as holy or as theological or spiritual, there's this concept that maybe it's come from some sort of sage, you know, who sits in a cave, you know, and just all he does is spit out some sort of like groanings of wisdom that have sort of just come into his mind or her mind and you can just sit by that cave and listen you know to the things and and, and there was actually there's actually traditions of this that go right back into greek mythology and and i think other mythologies that 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 where, where it's just like there's all these disconnected kind of just ramblings from this sage this person who's a holy person but but a, a lot of the people most of the people, in fact, I would say all of them, lived a public life. Now, this is important to note because we kind of approach this Bible like, oh, you know, I've got a recluse. And, and some of the writings that we've got through the early church that have come out of monasteries and people who were monks and all of those are, are, are brilliant, are amazing. But they're actually not... They're not actually what the Bible was designed for and it's not it's not the kind of lives that the people who wrote the book actually lived jesus you, when you see jesus he he lived from town to town his life was completely public when you when you look at king david his life was public he was a king you know when you look at solomon his life was public. they were kings moses who led the israelites out i mean he was living in a tent with his people yeah, none of these people were the kind of people that kind of just live in sort of this reclusive kind of just them life and then they just go out and speak to the people when the people need to be, you know, with God or whatever. That's not how it works. These were real people that wrote this. Because it's made for real people. The Bible is for humans written by humans under the inspiration of God. And they're all connected, all connected into community. They're all living their lives out in the open. I think Mark Zuckerberg, one of his things with Facebook is he wants, you know, people to live without any, and it's a little, he takes it a little bit too far, I don't agree with everything, but he wants people to be living open. He wants everything to be exposed. He doesn't want anything hidden. 
That's part of his, if you look at how he, kind of his philosophy. Well, he would do really well to read the Bible because the Bible was written by people who had nothing to hide because they understood the grace of God. They understood God's mercy. They understood who Jesus is. Do you understand? You know, religion actually tells us we can hide behind all of our works, all of our stuff, all of our things. The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another if you want healing. You know, and, and, and that's one of those things that we do in Christian community. It's like, well, you know, I, I like going to church. I like, I like worshipping. I love the music. I love, you know, doing everything. But I, I don't want people to really know me because I'm afraid of that. They might use that against me. They may... They may you know, take me for granted. And I think there are those out there that we need to be aware of that can take people for granted. I'm not, not saying that we should suddenly all be silly. But we must also approach this faith, including the Bible, with the understanding that it is actually all about openness. It's all about being real. It's all about actually coming to God, letting Him change you, and letting Him change you with each other together inclusively that's how it's been written <sighs> all scriptures god breathed god breathed will go in and change everything about you hmm. amen C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.